Welcome to the Just Mad Podcast, where obtuse things just piss us off. So it's all stupid, basically? <laughs> Dive headlong into news so stupid it can't be made up. Join your host, Christopher John, as he leads you through the seemingly never-ending swamp of idiocy. Idiocy. Buckle up and prepare for the ride. This is the Just Mad Podcast, and this is Christopher John. Here goes nothing. Welcome to the first installment of Just Mad Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher John, and this is the podcast where we discuss obtuse things that just piss us off. This week, we'll be talking about the Jussie Smollett case. It takes twists and turns. It's never-ending hypocrisy. It gets better and better and better. We're also going to talk about the judge that sealed the file to where nobody can see what is going on legally with that whole case. Uh, Trump collusion. There is none, but the Democrats are sure there is a golden egg somewhere to be found. And we'll also be talking about the caravan that's headed to the border. Not the caravan from a few weeks ago. This is the caravan from El Salvador, a new one that is headed to the border. (laughs) And we're going to be talking about stupid news. Just a special segment that we dedicate at the end of each podcast uh, episode where we make fun of stupid criminals and people that do really stupid things. Please place your seats in the upright position, strap on your seatbelts, and prepare for the ride. Making fun of people that are so retarded they bring a Bible to church's chicken. (laughs) No, (laughs) No, that's dumb. This is the Just Mad Podcast. Anchor.fm So reading directly off of the the TorontoSun.com, how did hate crime huckster Jesse Smollett get away with it? All crooked roads in Chicago lead back to the Obamas. On Tuesday, as part of a sealed deal, the Illinois State Attorney's Office dismissed 16, 16 felony charges brought by a grand jury against the Trump-hating actor who blamed phantom white MAGA supporters for a brutal racist assault that left him with a teensy-weensy scratch under his eye. The day before the attack, Smollett's two bodybuilding friends were caught on surveillance tape buying costumery, uh, red hats, ski masks, bandanas, sunglasses, gloves, bleach. That just happened to match Smollett's description of what his still fugitive assailants were wearing. Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) I have to laugh because, okay, so... To be honest with you, I did, before Jesse Smollett hit the news, I never heard of him before. I will be the first person to admit that I only ever watched, I think, the pilot and the second episode of Empire. Beyond that, I never watched it again. Um, 
It had a couple of actors in it that I like, but I just wasn't into the show. And relating to that, can you imagine two white men wearing MAGA hats in Chicago at like one or two in the morning, walking around looking for a gay black man so that they can assault him, yell things like, this is MAGA country, and pour bleach on him and put a rope around his neck. It is just the most asinine, ridiculous thing that he, he could have come up with a way more believable story. But apparently he's just not that creative because everybody, including the black community that heard that story when they first heard it, did not believe it. It was just, and, and he's up on TV talking to producers, talking to interviewers, talking about his plight, being beat down by the MAGA wearing hat bad man. Oh, what the hell is wrong with people nowadays? He did this, uh, supposedly, he did this because he wasn't being paid enough. His $100,000 an episode on Empire was not enough money for him. And he became angry. And so, therefore, it must be MAGA hat wearing white men who are to blame. So, why not produce a hoax hate crime and blame those men and get some attention? Maybe he didn't receive enough of that at home from his parents. I know nothing about him. His parents could be great. But when people pull things like this, pull stunts like this, it's got to say something about their how they were treated by somebody in their past that always comes back to haunt people. When you're treated poorly for any period of time by people in your past, later on that manifests itself in some form. And I'm, I'm not a psychiatrist. It's just my opinion that there must be a deeper issue as to why Jesse Smollett went and produced this, this hate hoax. I mean, or maybe he's just racist. I don't know. You know, there's a level of pride there. We live in a society where as a gay man, you are considered somehow to be weak. And I'm not weak. I'm not weak. And we are, as a people are not weak. So I mean, I can accept that there was pride there. There's also privacy. You know, at the end of the day, look what has happened. You know, look what has happened. So I don't, I'm glad that Frank called the police. I'm glad that we reported it. Um, during that time before they came, it took them about maybe half hour to come. And during that time, I was looking at myself, just like checking myself out. I saw the bruise on my neck, you know, like the little, um, the rope burn around my neck. And then I, but I smelled bleach. I know the smell of bleach. And I saw on my sweatshirt, it had marks on it, like spots on it when you have a bad bleach job. So then I was like, there's bleach on me too. So when the police came, um, I kept the clothes on. I kept. So right off of usatoday.com, a judge said Tuesday that it will be several weeks before he decides whether to make public the court file in the Jussie Smollett case, delaying the possibility for media organizations to read it for clues about why prosecutors, without explanation, announced the decision last week to dismiss 
all charges against the Empire actor. Okay, now the judge that's responsible for this is uh, Cook County Judge Stephen Watkins. It makes you wonder, folks, why, why on earth is a judge completely sealing a case and the prosecutor's dismissing all charges against this actor on the Fox Entertainment Network and the show Empire? It's very curious because... You know and I know that if I uh, staged a hate crime against myself being a white man in America, if, if I went to the cops and I lied and I said that two black men or two men of other ethnic origin attacked me, shouted racist white epitaphs toward me and put a rope around my neck and, you know, screamed all of these nasty things to me and then it came out later that I was lying and I made the whole thing up paid somebody to maybe paint their faces black and do this I would be in so much trouble I would uh I'd definitely be in jail and being that I'm not a very uh wealthy man I'd probably be sitting there because I wouldn't be able to afford the to bond out um and it, it would be all over the news and it would get just as much airtime as Jesse Smollett has gotten. Not because I'm not famous or known, but because I'm a white man. So this is what we call privilege, ladies and gentlemen. Jesse Smollett being a gay black man in 2019 America, this is privilege. And this is one of the most obtuse, ignorant things that I personally watch the news and have to suffer through to watch ding-dongs like this pull the crap that they pull and then completely get a free ride for it is just completely asinine and bullshit this guy staged a hate crime he should be facing the same amount of time that the made-up perpetrators would face in prison if there really were any and they were to be brought to court and brought to justice he should be facing that same amount of time he shouldn't be going back on to act on the Empire show next year. He shouldn't be going on uh, in life as usual. This is just complete and utter bullshit. And it pisses me off. And I know it pisses a lot of other people off too. You know, you've got this judge, Judge Stephen Watkins, uh, who just lets this, just seals the whole thing. Nobody can see it. Nobody can read it. Um, you know, Police maintain Smollett staged the attack to promote his career, and Chicago officials have ordered him to pay more than $130,000 to cover the cost of the investigation. They had, I forget what it was, and it's probably in one of these articles here, but they had, I think, eight or ten different detectives and investigators on this case trying to figure out who these two bad, bad white MAGA men were that attacked poor Jesse Smollett, the gay black man, in the middle of the night in the middle of a polar vortex in Chicago. Really, this is just beyond. This is you can't make this stuff up. This is uh, this is this has the <laughs> this has the workings of a really good writer. Um, well, Jesse is an actor, so there you go. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to wrap this portion of this episode up. 
I could go on and on, to be honest with you, for probably a very lengthy time about Jesse Smollett, just because of the nature of what he did. Um, but we have to talk about other things as well. Uh, we will revisit this in the future, I'm sure, because I'm sure there's going to be more updates concerning Jesse Smollett in the news. Um, but unfortunately, this is another prime example of what America has come to, the absolute blatant ignorance that is on full display for the American public. And sadly enough, by somewhere around half of our population is gladly accepted as the norm. Reading from Vox.com, House Democrats aren't the only ones eager for more investigations, it turns out. Senate Republicans broadly satisfied that Attorney General Bill Barr's readout of conclusions from the Mueller report has vindicated President Donald Trump, are now eager to go on the offensive and launch a few investigations of their own. As Senate Judiciary Chair Lindsey Graham laid out on Monday, Republicans are interested in getting a better handle on the other side of the story, including namely, whether the FBI and the Department of Justice engaged in efforts that hurt the Trump campaign in 2016. Graham proposed appointing another special counsel in order to review why the FBI made certain decisions, such as its use of the FISA warrant to surveil Trump campaign aide Carter Page. When it comes to the FISA warrant, the Clinton campaign, the counterintelligence investigation, it's pretty much been swept under the rug, except by a few Republicans in the House. Those days are over, Graham said during a Monday press conference. Now, talking about the whole Trump collusion case, there's so many moving parts to this thing, it's easy to get confused by it. I get confused by it. I sometimes have to read these articles and listen to uh, sound bites multiple times to get a grip on ex exactly what's happening. But to simplify it all down, to mill this all down to its most simple form, it all goes back to the meltdown that Democrats had the day that Hillary Clinton was waiting in a room full of balloons and confetti to throw a party for her winning the presidency, but they found out that Donald Trump won instead. Their whole world melted that day. I mean, you can see, you can literally see and hear, you can, you can view video and you can hear the audio of people crying and screaming, freaking out, losing their minds because their candidate, Hillary Crooked Clinton, didn't win the presidency. So this whole thing with Trump colluded with Russia, which we all know now beyond a shadow of a doubt, is complete and utter garbage. This whole thing goes all the way back to that. This is something that Democrats hoped they could pursue and find that golden egg of corruption somewhere you know, in the forest. They're looking for this one little bush in the forest to be able to legally use a reason to impeach Donald Trump. They're so angry that they lost that they're willing to make things up 
and basically break the law over and over and over and over to try and get a man impeached that whom they don't agree with his political stances. It's that simple. You see, this is the problem today that we have in our country, in the greatest country, in my opinion, in the world, the United States of America. We have professional victimhood going on, as we've seen with the Jesse Smollett case, and as we see repeating itself over and over and over in liberal minds throughout this country. People take the stance of being a victim all the time. They're, they're not man enough or woman enough. I don't want to offend anybody. Actually, I don't give a shit. They're not man enough to own up to their own mistakes, right? They, they always have to point the finger at somebody else. It's always It's got to be somebody else's fault all the time. And this is a huge, huge issue. The days are gone, it seems, when people were taught or brought up or raised to understand that when you make a mistake, own your mistake, uh, take your punishment, should there be any to be served up, and learn from your mistakes so that you don't repeat them again and move on with your life. It helps you to grow as a human being. It helps build character. It helps you become a good, solid person. When you can't own your mistakes and you've always got to point the finger everywhere else, you are never going to get anywhere in life. You're going to stay in a rut wherever you're at right now. And you're always going to have the label of professional victim because that is the only role that you'll play. You got to take that hat off. You've got to take that victimhood hat off and you got to put on the hat that says, I'm in charge of my own shit. I take responsibility for my decisions and I learn from my mistakes and don't repeat them again. That's how we become adults. That's how we mature and grow up. And there are 50, 60, and 70-year-old Democrats, in, and I'm sure the, the same could be said for some on the right side too. Uh, there, there's Republicans and Democrats that are in their 50s, 60s, and 70s who have never grown up. They point the finger at other people. They blame other people. They're professional victims. And it is, it is sad and it is scary that the people that run our country act like this. And it, it, and it is blatantly obvious. It's not even, it's not an opinion or conjecture. Anybody can look at what these people do and you can say, wow, that person must have grown up in a household where they were taught to blame other people. You, you know, the people that see a commercial on TV where the, an attorney's talking about a certain medication you took and it could have caused this or that, and you could have rights to a settlement of X amount of millions of dollars and they get all excited and they pick up the phone and they dial people that do that all the time, not because there's legitimately something wrong with them years after taking the medication or, or whatever the, the, the commercial is about. They just, they see dollar signs. Those people are pathetic. Those people are professional victims and opportunists. And that is weak sauce, my friends. That is weak. And that is exactly what the Democrats have done with Trump and Russia 
they have put their professional victim hats on and they have pointed fingers and they have made stuff up and they have concocted a fairy tale where none exists. The end. Let's take a minute now to talk about one of our sponsors here on the Just Mad Podcast, Gunny Sauces. If you like to cook or grill, but you're not always the best at making your food stand out and make your mouth water, you want to make it taste good, grab yourself a Gunny. Gunny Sauces are bottled and manufactured in Arizona in an organic and all-natural kosher facility. They offer many flavors such as garlic, habanero, Jamaican jerk, mop barbecue, orange ginger, raspberry peppercorn, which is my personal favorite, and sriracha teriyaki. So if you want to make your food taste great on the grill or off, grab yourself a gunny. They've got a lot of different flavors and a lot of different heat levels to choose from to make your next barbecue perfect. Head on over to gunny sauces, G-U-N-N-Y. S-A-U-C-E-S dot com and go shopping, grab yourself a gunny. This next story that I'm going to talk about, I feel very passionate about. It's about the incoming caravan of illegal immigrants from Honduras. It's this whole illegal immigration thing. This is another example of professional victimhood. The Democrats feel that you should feel the same way that they do. If you don't believe in open borders and letting anybody in this country that wants to come for whatever reason, without question, you must be a racist. You must be a bigot. You must be a xenophobe, a whatever phobe, an anything phobe. You're a bad, bad, bad man or woman. It's so ridiculous. Reading directly off the newamerican.com, caravan coming, question mark. As for the caravan, the New York Post and other outlets reported, Mexico officially warned that the mother of all caravans is headed for the U.S. border with Mexico. Like the migrants in previous caravans, these hope to break down the U.S. border with Mexico and enter the country for jobs and welfare. The ripoff, Saddam Hussein's threat to give the United States the mother of all battles, during the first Gulf War came from Interior Secretary Olga Sanchez Cordero, who said a horde of people from the Northern Triangle, Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador, are already gathering in Honduras. We have information that a new caravan is forming in Honduras, she said. They are thinking it could be more than 20,000 people. This is madness, guys. There was actually... You can't quote me on this part because I do not remember where I read or heard about this, but there was a country at one time, and I think it was China, that threatened or said that one of their military moves, if they wanted to take over America, would be to literally send, or no, maybe it was Russia. I think it could have been Russia. They would send a million people or a million troops or soldiers or whatever into the country with sticks. And then they would surrender to that country's armed forces. Then the next day they would send a million more people and they would surrender as well. Same thing, rinse and repeat. And they would do this for four or five days until finally there were so many people that had gone over there and surrendered to that country. It would literally break down the, 
the fabric of it would just break down. The whole system would break down. It, it wouldn't be able to stand on its own with being flooded with all these millions and millions of people that they, they would have to shelter and feed. And it's basically like on a smaller scale, this is basically the same thing. They're just sending wave after wave after wave of illegal immigrants to our country. And probably hoping that it just breaks down the whole system. This is more professional victimhood. If you want to get right down to the root or the core of the issue, Democrats are mad because they say that Trump is caging children at the border and separating them from their families. This that's been going on since Jimmy Carter. Okay. For all you millennial kids out there who think that you know what's going on, who haven't seen more than three presidents in your lifetime. This has been going on since Jimmy Carter in the 70s. This isn't anything new. This isn't something Trump came up with. This was going on under Obama for eight years. Families were getting nabbed at the border. They were going through ICE and customs. They were getting separated from their children. They were being locked up in these small containers or whatever they have room for with this epidemic we have of illegals. This isn't something Trump made up. This has been going on for decades. But because you don't like the current president, you're going to point your finger at him. You're going to call him names. You're going to call him racist. He's a bad, bad man, isn't he? It's just so, so obtuse. I almost can't stand it. And, you know, being a victim myself or my family being a victim of identity theft and having to fight it literally for the last 14 years every time we file taxes, I have no sympathy for illegal aliens. Since an illegal alien is the one who committed the crime against my family and they continue to. And we can't change our social security numbers. So we're stuck with this problem until we die. Okay. Now I know it could be worse. One of our children could have been shot and killed or I could have been shot and killed just like so many of the border agents that are killed by these illegal immigrants and cops and girls and women are abducted and raped and murdered by illegal immigrants. What about those people? What about their families? I think it's a big, big, big problem. And yes, I know that many of the illegal immigrants that come here are not bad people. They're hardworking, good people. A lot of them, you know, believe in God or I don't know if it's Catholicism or Judeo-Christianity or whatever they are. They're good people, right? But because it's a big enough problem for me to address vocally on the Just Mad podcast, I'll be labeled a racist. And you know what? That's fine. Because if wanting to keep my country secure and people safe and people not becoming victims of rape or murder or identity theft and having to fight the IRS every year, if that makes me a bad person, so what? Oh, bad. Call me a bad person then. You want to say that makes me a racist? Call me a racist. But I know I'm not racist. And I know I'm not a bigot. I've got friends of all colors, ethnicities, religious backgrounds, sexual orientations. I'm not a racist. Okay. But you want to call me that because you are a professional victim. 
And the, the caravans that are being sent to our border, it is a huge, huge crisis. The, the Border Patrol agents and the head of the Border Patrol are saying that it has reached levels they have never in their lifetime seen. Some of these people that have worked there for decades, they've never seen such a huge amount of people coming in such a short amount of time. You know, and it is a huge issue and it has to be stopped. That was the whole thing behind the wall with Trump. With building the wall. So, you know, if you're going to look at somebody that, you know, that voted Trump or is a Republican or right leaning and call them a racist because they believe we should protect our borders, that you need to look inwardly to yourself. You need to you need to find out really why. It is that you're saying that because, you know, more than likely the person you're saying that to is not a racist. There's something wrong with you in your head or your heart. You need to search that out and figure it out. And now on to the stupid news section of the Just Mad podcast. I'm sorry, the Just Mad podcast. Um, reporting from the smokinggun.com, there is a actually I don't know what. It is. I'm, let me let me read the opening paragraph. Meet iconic face and face is spelled F-A-C-C-E. Well, his actual name is Jimmy Maurice Lewis, the second, a 37 year old convicted felon who spent years in a federal prison following a 2008 bank robbery convicted for stealing ninety six hundred nine dollars from an Alabama credit union. Lewis was arrested Saturday in connection with a March 22nd robbery of a Bank Corp South Branch in Gulfport, Mississippi. Cops initially identified the suspect as a black female in her mid to late 30s. After producing a note demanding cash, the robber fled on foot from the bank. They have on the website, they've got um, looks like surveillance video snapshots of iconic face robbing this bank. <laughs> And, um, I mean, from the snapshots, you would, by all appearances, you would believe this is a woman doing it, but apparently genetically, uh, he was born a man and his, his birth name was Jimmy Maurice Lewis, the second, but I guess she goes by iconic face. This is more stuff we can't make up ladies and gents. This is, uh. This is stupid news from around the United States. Apparently, uh, Lewis handed a note to the teller, said, no games, no jokes, and get your hands up. Don't mash any alarms. Don't move or she's had it. Uh, Lewis was sentenced to 51 months in prison to be followed by three years probation. I actually think Iconic Face got a pretty sweet deal here. Seeing how Iconic Face robbed a credit union before in 2008 and then got out and went right back to robbing to get 51 months only and then three years probation, I, I'm pretty sure that it could have been a lot worse than that. Um, that's just amazing, ladies and gentlemen. Just, just such obtuse news. In Nevada, in stupid news... A suspected drug dealer tried to evade authorities while riding a scooter. You guys remember those little spree scooters? Apparently, they could do like 35 miles an hour. <laughs> the Nevada Appeal reports that Joseph Skirty 
S-C-U-R-T-I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, is facing charges including suspicion of parole and probation warrant and probation violation. Obstruction charges are pending. The slow speed pursuit began Friday when Carson City deputies tried to pull Skirty and his Teo Teo scooter over. <laughs> deputies say they ran the scooter's registration and learned Skirty had two outstanding felony warrants. Authorities say he drove down Highway 50, then rode onto a sidewalk in an attempt to evade capture, instead hitting a patrol vehicle. <laughs> the scooter then became stuck underneath the car. <laughs> Deputies say Skirty then ran, but was tackled and handcuffed. Okay, so this guy tried to evade police on a little scooter that's probably like 50 cc's. or I don't know exactly what they are. Uh, Tao Tao. I don't even know what that is. T-A-O-T-A-O. -A -O. Um, I imagine, I mean, there's a stock photo in here on this article on newser.com. It looks like a spree to me, like the sprees we used to ride back in the 90s. Um, and those things didn't do much over 35. I remember some, some uh, monkey wrench guys tweaking some of them out or souping them up, making them go like 40 and 50. But um Man, if you're going <laughs> to, you're not going to outrun a cop car, which more than likely has at least a charger engine in it, a 405 small block or something. You're not going to outrun that cop car on a scooter. It's astounding. Literally. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I mean, this, who knows what's going through this guy's head, but I, I ride, I have a motorcycle. I have a 650 Kawasaki uh, Ninja, and I still wouldn't try and outrun a cop. First of all, I have more respect for them than that. Um, second of all, I don't want to die. But, but for one thing's for sure, if I if I were ever to try to outrun a cop, I would not do it on a scooter because that's just going to end bad. You're not going to win, period, the end. And that cop could catch you if he was in a Pinto. Or, you know, or a little, he could catch you in a Prius <laughs> in a, in a, uh, a very, um, retro hippie tree hugging Prius. He could catch you for sure. Easily. Um, don't try to outrun cops on scooters guys. You just can't get enough of the just mad podcast. Kenya. Kenya. Visit the website at www.justmadpodcast.com for more frills and spills in the land of absurdity. Goodbye then until the same time next week when once again we offer you... Join us every week right here on Anchor.fm as we make fun of the inherently ignorant, idiotic folk. This is stupid. You're stupid.